0: Ryan and I want to do something really quick um, for the ending. Hi, Hi Harry. Harry. That one is good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you take this woman to watch movies? And do you take this man to talk about them? I now pronounce you a podcast. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Wife, Wife Watches. Watches. What if we paid someone to do a jingle? How much do people charge for stuff like that? I'm not above it. A jingle? Yeah. This late into it?
0: <laughs> Ryan will pee you okay, to I'm do fine, a jingle. Okay, I'll do
1: it. All right, they already <laughs> talked, but uh, I'm joined with uh the subject of the podcast, Courtney.
0: And host Ryan is, Look, every time I look at him, I'm like, he's
1: not entertained. <laughs> <laughs> We're also joined by Ryan Chalet, yet again. It's a pleasure. It's Back always. for another round. All right, Courtney, what are we watching tonight and, of, and talking about...
0: Okay, in, tonight in we're watching Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. And the other one is Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire.
1: You read both of those from the... I pulled up the book well, covers. Well, I
0: knew what they were called. I just was looking at them. Okay. i
1: like to throw those up to okay. add a little uh, aesthetic flair. Kind of put us all in the mood. I was wondering, Courtney, I forgot to ask you this last time. If you could spend 30 seconds just to recap what happened in (sighs) Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets.
0: Harry Potter goes back to school. Ron picks him up in the flying car. They go to Ron's house and then they go to school. There's spiders. They get in the whomping willow. Uh, The snake. And they're trying to open the Chamber of Secrets. Tom Riddle's journal. So he meets Tom Riddle. At the end, we see the basilisk. There's Fox the Phoenix. Yep. Who helps him. Um, he blinds the snake. We find out Ginny is the one who opens the Chamber of Secrets. <gasps> yeah. Weasley? Ginny Weasley. Isn't oh like yeah, a, Dobby. There
1: a guy in We night? meet
0: Dobby. That's about it.
1: That's fantastic. A bit sloppier than your first one.
0: That one was hard for me to recall. This third one, I couldn't do it in order, but I could tell you pretty much every beat.
1: I kind of like that we're doing them like two at a time, actually, the more I've thought about it. Because there's definitely different phases so we are firmly out of like the Chris Columbus years, right? Mm-hmm. This tonight is where it's universally agreed that the movies start getting better. They get more mature, maybe more dramatically complex. I don't know. I have some hot takes maybe about the next two. But I feel like this is where like it transitions into like, these are genuinely good movies now, whereas the first two are like, I would say good kids movies.
2: All right. They kind of go from very much family movies to these are now teen movies.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would say that as we go, the more emotionally invested and affected I get. Courtney, do you cry in these movies?
0: I have before, but no, not really.
1: I think there's going to be a couple moments that will get you.
0: Okay. (laughs) In this one or in Goblet of Fire?
1: Mm, I would say- I cried
0: when Cedric Diggory died.
1: Okay, well, you remember quite like all the big spoilers. Yeah. Okay. Everything's free game for us to talk about. Yeah. I don't think we ever really talked about this or necessarily like maybe like really came to a conclusion. I thought again, the question of when would you show these to a kid or read these to a kid? Because there is such different maturity levels maybe between like books one and seven. Well, when
0: did you read them?
1: As they came out. So I grew up with them. So book one, I was 10, but the last one I was 17. Do you like do them piecemeal? Do you drop them all at once? Do you pick like a nice even age? I think you'd have to because
0: kids will lose interest so fast. So I don't think you can do like every summer we read
1: one. Hmm. I've always wondered about that because I do feel like these are ones that are really fun, magical for kids to experience. Unlike you, Courtney, who decided to avoid entirely a huge generational experience that we all had you specifically decided to
2: avoid. I guess it also depends on, I don't know, the kid. Some 10-year-olds are very mature. Some are fourth grade idiots. They can't handle anything. Yeah.
0: I mean, I was listening to them when I was in fourth grade. So that's eight or nine.
1: Fourth one, like, levels up. Yeah. I was 11 and handled that just fine. Right. (laughs) Okay, so I guess my next question, what is your relationship, I guess, with these two books specifically?
2: Prisoner of Azkaban, I remember reading and it just blowing my little mind when you kind of realize what happens at the end. I was just, this is the smartest story I've ever read. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I I loved it. And then the movie came out in summer. Okay, so I just finished 10th grade. (laughs) Um, I obviously went at midnight. I can remember just like sitting in the theater hallway like you would eating snacks till midnight <laughs> if movie still came out on fridays back then that means it was a thursday midnight definitely and we were going to school the next day oh yeah which is just insane you just like sleep for a few minutes and then get up and go to seminary and let's go do you, do you remember <laughs> that like you'd have
1: to stay in you'd have to get in line at like 10
0: yeah
1: yeah maybe even earlier and you're like, just like hanging out there yeah oh can you and not- you don't have the internet on your phone you're just like playing skip-o. You're like with
0: your friends. It's yeah, fun. and it's like exciting because- You're eating snacks. There
1: wasn't like much to do. It's kind of exciting when you're out late with the-, right. with the Like the, my whole school was there when like a movie like this would come out. It was like an event for yeah, like the whole totally.
2: school. Yeah, totally. I do remember being a little bugged by the tone shift that you experience in three and then four at the time, but I haven't watched this in a while, so I'm excited to revisit.
0: These are my favorite movies of the series. I've seen these- So many times. Okay, okay. Four used to be my favorite. I think probably three is my favorite. I don't know why I love four. Um, Somebody was saying on Instagram the other day that four was their
1: least favorite movie. I have some theories as to probably why. Did they get into it? No. I have things to say about both when when we come to it.
0: I've probably seen three the most times. Like that's the one I remember in my brain the best.
1: I weirdly think I've seen four the most. I've definitely seen the first one the most. If only just because of it was the earliest, so I have the most time to watch right, it. And right. it was at a time when I was just re-watching. But I was like sick one time. And I just remember like kept falling asleep in it, pressing play and like deliriously waking up, watching it over.
0: I do that with stuff all the time when I'm sick. Yeah. I've done that with the Duchess f- like 500 times. Oh
1: my gosh. Brian! I know exactly how, what you're talking about. Because I remember reading the Prisoner of Azkaban in school. I cannot believe how great this, this is. <laughs> they set up the mystery... Uh-huh. But the payoff is almost more satisfying than what I could have possibly right. imagined. In number right. four? Frankly, all of them. Mm. That's why I think they're like they're amazing books and will last forever for those reasons. They're great mystery novels but without the world building and all the thematic stuff the around magic. it. Just the payoff of everything coming together. I just remember specifically in the third one being like, how are these as good as they are? <laughs> Like a little just, critic mind. I know. But like <laughs> I think about it now and I'm like, they really are like they're they're incredible. And yeah. then obviously the fourth one just like blew everything away and was not what I I was expected, but I remember seeing a third one, I was a little lukewarm on it. Just turned fifteen and kind of on the edge of like maybe I'm too cool for this. Right. Although I will say it was the first time I held hands with someone. Was seeing Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh wow! In the theaters, but by the time Goblet of Fire came back around, I was like back in. I was yeah. kind of like you. Kind of like get over the hump, and you're like, no, these are. It's like not weird to be into this. You're not trying as hard anymore.
0: I thought the first time you held hands with someone was seeing the work in the glory.
1: No, no. Although that was that was soon that was <laughs> it's a, soon after the sexy movie. Oh, another thing I remember. That's kind of why I pulled up these photos too of like the books. Do you remember when the new book would come out? I would just pour over the expanded, folded-out cover, looking for clues. Sometimes you'd get to a point in the book, that's cute, and you'd be like, "Oh, like a stag. Like oh, I know what that that's is. That's what now. that means. Yeah, yeah. Like what? What? What could this possibly like? What are the? Or I was careful to not read spoilers, but I would like read all the chapter headings, and just be like, "What could this possibly like be talking about? <laughs> oh, I don't think I would read chapter headings until I was
2: going to read the chapter. Oh, yeah, oh that's, that's probably smart. That's
1: weird. So when this movie comes out." Summer 2004, books one through five are already released. So Order of the Phoenix has already been out, which, you know, all these spoilers.
0: Sirius Black.
1: I feel like there's a lot of expectations on this movie because we already know that Sirius Black is going to die. Mm-hmm. I really want to be invested in who Sirius Black is in this movie. I really hope this delivers on Sirius Black specifically. Yeah. Because
2: well, because he's so cool.
1: For this emotional to land in these movies, they have to really set this up pretty well. We, there's not a lot of time you spend with him in general. Also, Christopher Columbus was out. The turnaround was just too much. He didn't want to... I guess he was originally assigned to direct all of them. Whoa. Which is crazy. They hired Alfonso Cuaron, but at the time, he had only done A Little Princess.
0: I love that movie.
1: And this this like kind of raunchy teen drama called E2 Mamba Tambien um, with young Diego Luna, actually. Whoa. Anyway, he was kind of an interesting choice, but so they brought him on board. He has only done three movies since this. Okay. Children of Men, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Gravity, mm-hmm. incredible in its own right, and mm-hmm. Roma. Oh. Oh Roma. Which I contend should have won Best Picture that year.
0: I still have not I seen it. I accidentally
1: have not seen Roma. And the other thing
2: is one of the biggest holes in my viewing is like, I actually haven't seen
1: Gravity. Whoa. I know. Oh, you know what? At this point, that's one where it's like, if you didn't see it on the I kind of feel like There's I no missed point. the moment. Yeah.
0: I saw that by myself and was just <laughs>
1: like tense the whole time we've debated like what's worse being stuck in the ocean or out in space and the correct answer is the ocean yes yeah 100 because yeah. there are things there to kill you right you but, just
2: you know how you're gonna die in space
1: yeah. yeah yeah but like that's also very scary yeah um did we also talk about that i was like would you just slit your wrists so that you would just like die in the ocean <laughs> slowly instead like so you would like die oh, peacefully gosh. But, then, but then didn't you say like what if the blood immediately attracts Sharks before you, <laughs> but then I was like, well, just hack everything so that you're just like gone.
0: I think I would just try to drown myself first.
1: But I'm saying like slitting your wrists is at least like a piece. No, well, I mean not like, low. but you like pass out. You like it's not drowning is awful, according to the prestige. According to the prestige,
0: I would just breathe in once done
1: you think that would be a better way to go than just like slitting your wrists and yeah. just floating there in the ocean?
0: I think so. I think I would drown.
1: That is a painful way to die if the prestige is to be believed. <laughs> it was agony.
2: <laughs> but I have seen A Little Princess quite a few times because that was a Sunday movie when we oh, were yeah. younger. That's a great Sunday movie. The end is burned into my memory of the exchange between Sarah and her father. Sarah!
1: And she's just, like, screaming, oh and he my can't gosh. remember.
2: I am
3: the chills.
0: <laughs> it's so... Have you seen that movie? I,
1: I've only seen the one time. It was with you. You can see, though, watching that, you're like, yeah. yeah, you'd be a good choice to do this. Like, a good pick for this.
0: It's great. One of my best childhood movies.
1: Also, the other thing going into it that people were like, how's this going to play out, is they had to recast Dumbledore yeah. as Michael Gambon. You know things... how we
0: feel about that. Or we will.
1: Oh, we definitely will. Anyway, third year of Hogwarts... Book one, book one, Fights Quirrell, Fights, squirrel. Quirrell. fights the Squirrel, <laughs> Voldemort <laughs> on the back much. of the head of Quirrell, book two, Chamber of Secrets,
0: Basilisk,
1: Kills, Tom Riddle's Diary.
0: I will say about this one, I don't remember how Voldemort plays into it. Ooh.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: So I'm sure I'll remember, but...
1: Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm for sure. I'm, yeah,
0: Because we haven't like really seen Voldemort yet.
1: Right. The year is 2004. George W. Bush is president. Top song... This might give it away, but it's an obvious one. Okay. June
0: 2004. Oh, gosh. Every time you say it's an obvious one.
1: I mean, I can't think of a more obvious one for this year. She
0: Will Be Loved?
1: No. Okay, well, I could. I mean, like, Chart Topper. Hollaback Girl? No. Oh, oh, boy. (laughs) Somebody
0: always guesses that. Oh,
1: boy. Very embarrassing for the both of yous.
0: Do we like this song? (laughs) You love it. Oh, whoa. oh my
1: gosh! It's a banger. Oh, it's, it's really Usher. Good. Yeah.
0: Oh. Uh, it's Usher. Burn. That's right. 2004 okay. is Usher. Yeah.
2: ug
1: boots. Okay. Everywhere. Mini skirts. Friends ended the show. Weird. <laughs> Not the concept. <laughs> Facebook launched this year.
0: The Facebook.
1: You're Facebook. Up. Just Facebook. It's cleaner. <laughs> is that still funny? Yeah. When, if you did say that, is I that think still so. good? I think it's really um, good. VH1, I remember was like a big thing that summer because I remember there, do you ever watch VH1? They're like, mm-hmm. Napoleon Dynamite had the best week ever. Like mm-hmm. those? Yeah. yeah. I remember watching that all summer long. Jessica Simpson and Ashley Simpson. Oh. Those are very 2004 people.
0: Chicken of the Sea. Right. Mm-hmm. The yeah. lip sync.
1: Yep. Debacle.
0: Did you guys know that she had a body care line that was like edible <laughs> called dessert? Oh my no.
1: gosh. That's smart though. It was great. Um And my last thing I found out, I just don't, I thought you as might, might enjoy this. Let me know if you do, if I have you all pegged wrong. NASA successfully sent Gravity Probe B to prove Einstein's theory of relativity. So this experiment proved the theory and verified that indeed gravity is responsible for time changes. It explained that what Einstein believes about a body wrapping time and space is actually true. Oh my gosh. Basically, the idea in Interstellar.
0: Time and space is enclosed in gravity. Yes. Weird.
1: Is that interesting? Did yeah. I Did I no, guess yeah. correctly?
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: It's breaking my brain a little.
0: I was just talking about this with Emma today. Do you ever think if you were born in a different time, you could discover something like gravity?
1: No. No. I'm way Where too Where you simple. were like... <laughs> Pretty bad.
0: <laughs> if you were Isaac Newton and something fell from your head and you were like, I wonder how that fell on my head.
1: I'd be like an apple. I'd be like that's the way the world works.
0: I wonder though if you and Emma's conversation back with me was like she was like I could have invented the pool noodle. If you were like born in a different time like you could have invented something.
1: When uh Gogurt came out, mm-hmm. I was like of course what I always wanted. You don't need the fork now. Like, how come I couldn't invent something like this? There's like a phase of life where you just think you could invent stuff. Yeah. Yeah. My entrepreneurial spirit died pretty early. <laughs> I would say you around age 11. No, I I was actually talking to
2: a coworker today about this. I Weird, just accept, were we? No, not this exactly thing. But oh. like, I just accept, for the most part, most like processes. Mm-hmm. I, my brain never thinks, how could this be better? I'm just like, oh, this is the way we do it. Okay.
0: Well, I guess some of us are Isaac Newtons at this table and some of us are not.
2: What have you proved? Okay, I'll invent time travel. Or like teleportation. Teleportation, a way to make us just automatically fall asleep.
0: Do you guys think we will eventually get to
1: teleportation? Yes, I do.
0: Time travel? I actually think we could do that eventually.
1: I don't know about that. But teleportation? Yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter of like taking your particles and dropping them somewhere else. Well, so
0: is time travel.
1: But that involves... I can move from there to like across the room. Well,
0: we would have to discover other timelines first.
1: There's a whole other like conversation about time travel. I don't even know that that's possible, but I do know that me going somewhere fast is possible. Yeah. You're just moving yourself faster, like faster than you can think, but I'm not going back in time. I don't know that that's possible.
0: I think it is. I think we just haven't discovered it yet.
1: (laughs) Okay. I I really do. But then that brings up the question of if we have discovered it, how come no one's gone back in time to tell us? How come no one's like messed with it, gone back in time to mess things up?
0: Because the timing is not right in the simulation, or
1: maybe they have. Oh, well, that's part of the plot of Time Cop, the Jean Claude Van Damme movie I watched recently. <laughs>
0: Wouldn't it be so cool if you could time travel?
1: No, <laughs> I don't even want to like open that can of worms. Although it is ironic that we're talking about this I heading know. heading into <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> full circle. Which I'm sure when we when we discuss these movies, I will bring up my theory of the three forms of uh, literary time travel. Huh. Okay. This is definitely like clearly yeah. one of them, like one specific. Yeah. Um, I know. I know which trouble. one
0: it is, and oh. we'll discuss.
1: Okay. Should we go watch them and go eat our Jimmy John's? Yes, please.
0: This episode provided by Jimmy John's.
1: Freaky fast. Freaky fast. We never stop working for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bye. Okay, we gotta
2: go.
3: <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, all aboard the Hogwarts Express.
1: Next stop. Azkaban <laughs> hey everyone apologies up front on this we had some issues with recording the audio so for a good chunk of our prisoner of Azkaban chat Courtney's audio sounds echoey. Basically her audio cut out and what we're working with is kind of like how it sounds on the mics that like Ryan and I were using. And for a decent chunk of our Goblet of Fire chat, my audio also sounds echoey, also dropped out. Ryan suspiciously never had his audio drop out, never had bad audio. So I'll I'll let you connect the dots on that. Hopefully it doesn't distract too much from listening to this episode because I think we had a really fun conversation about um, these two movies. Enjoy. Okay, we're back. Okay. What have what have we watched since we last spoke uh, we into microphones?
0: Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Ah,
1: I don't. I don't have the posters up right now, so you can't cheat. <laughs> that was a test.
0: And Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Very good. Which I always want to call Harry Potter and the Triwizard Tournament.
1: Mm. Do you know that was an alternate title for the book?
0: That would have been better personal opinion
1: i don't know i i like that the here we go uh, i like the titles are sometimes not the most important things in the movie if that makes sense
0: yeah but the goblet of fire doesn't encompass the whole movie and i feel like the triwizard tournament does
1: but that's kind of what i like about it
0: Ugh, ryan save me
1: i'm <laughs> 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 get a load out of this guy <laughs> um courtney yeah. I want in you in 30 seconds to describe the plot of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. I know okay. I know you can do it. You said, you can said I can it was do that one?
0: I can do this one? You
1: said it was the one you've seen the most. Oh,
0: okay. Okay. You're right.
1: Wow, that was really easy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm ner- I'm still nervous. So, they go back to Hogwarts and they start the school year. We meet Buckbeak. We have a lesson about Buckbeak. Buckbeak becomes a very important part of this. Um, then during the lesson, Malfoy gets, he harasses Buckbeak and it's better if I close my eyes cause I can't see laughing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Malfoy, you know, it's like, wait till my father hears about this. And then Buckbeak gets sentenced to death. Harry Potter and Hermione and Ron go to Hagrid's house and... Hermione is always late to class, and you find out it's because she's been using a time-turner. And so they do the whole thing. Lupin's there. He is the werewolf I have, was thinking about, I uh, figured out in the last episode. And he becomes a werewolf. We learn about Scabbers and how he is really Wormtail, also known as Peter Pettigrew um they go into the whomping willow
1: you have, you have you have you have not once mentioned the whole purpose behind the plot you spent a
2: long time on Buckbeat. yeah malfoy um you're telling your mom about camp at the end of
1: the at the end of camp but you're not having a good time that's clear that's clear you're not having any sorts of good time i'm
0: not having a good time Oh, gosh. It's so hard to just think about all the things that happen. There's so many things that happen. Buckbeak is a huge part of that movie. Yeah. To be fair.
1: Who's probably the biggest part of that movie? Harry Potter. No, I was going to say Sirius Black.
0: Got it. I forgot about it. (laughs) Completely.
1: All right. Well, that was a really good job recapping that.
0: No, it wasn't.
1: Okay. I got some behind-the-scenes stuff. We have our notes. But I also wanted just to maybe go around and say what was everyone's general vibe from The Prisoner of Azkaban, the movie. Do you like this movie?
0: Yeah, I love this movie.
1: Having revisited it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it a lot.
2: I like that it's no longer as much of a kid's movie. All of a sudden, we're dealing with teenagers almost. Yeah, it's just more fun.
1: How do you feel like this did as an adaptation of the book? I feel like it does a pretty good job. Um, There's a lot happening in the book. We have a couple new faces. The three particular ones I have in mind is David Thewlis as Lupin. Uh Uh-huh. Michael Gambon as Dumbledore uh-huh. and Gary Oldman as Sirius Black. Right, right,
2: right. I love how Lupin shows up. He's just quiet, unassuming, but cool. I also like Sirius Black. I think when I read the book, I imagined him as like the coolest person in Harry Potter. And I think uh, Gary Oldman does a pretty good job.
0: It's so weird that that's Gary Oldman to me.
2: I just thought uh, Lupin does a good job of like carrying the sadness that I think would come with being a werewolf in that world.
1: I used to not like David Thulis in this movie. And I think on this rewatch, I've liked him more. Yeah. In my mind, I always wanted someone like Ewan McGregor. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I probably still would, but I do. I like him. He has like, I mean, of all the adults in this movie, he has the most warmth to him. Uh That's just something I think Michael Gambon in general is. He (laughs) We haven't even touched on him. (laughs) Well, I will get there. If I remember right, he gets better later when it counts. I mean, in this one, he's just barely even there. Right. And even with, like, Sirius Black, that's kind of what bugged me. Is like, I'm like, I don't really, you don't, none of the adults in these movies feel very safe or, like, comforting for the kids, which I guess maybe is, maybe they did that on purpose.
0: I would say McGonagall does to me.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Grandmother.
1: Yeah, that's true, that's true. (laughs) But I do think Lupin, like, I do think he does a good job at that.
2: Well, and it's too bad because I feel like in the books... Dumbledore definitely has that, like, warm grandfather. Totally. I'm going to take care of you, make sure everyone
1: is safe feel. Yeah. Not a gritty New York cop ready to bust some chops. (laughs) This third movie, I do think the performances are getting better, but I still feel like they're a little weird. I know a lot of people really like the third movie, because it's very showy. That was something I realized watching Goblet of Fire. It looks very pretty. It's really good cinematography, but The Prisoner of Azkaban is a lot showier, I guess, with what it's doing, like Mm -hmm. its camera techniques, which I guess makes sense, because Alfonso Cuaron is kind of like a... I don't know. He does a lot of like oneers in Children of Men, Gravity. Of you know what I mean. He's very much about showing off what he, you can do with a camera, right? Um, but I, I'm kind of lukewarm still on the third one. I don't know how to feel about it. And I have some beefs with like what it chose to like adapt and what it didn't. Let's hear him. Well, okay. One of the biggest ones that that, uh, that annoys me is like I feel like it didn't quite spend the right amount of time on the right amount of things. Okay. There's a lot of stuff on the night bus with like the shrunken heads where they're just like oh, doing yeah. some hijinks on the night bus. Take
3: her away, you? Yeah,
1: take it away, Ernie. It's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> I want more out of the all the confrontation at the Shrieking Shack. Because when I read that, that whole confrontation, it was like crackling. Like, I was so locked in the entire time. And it was like, really, you were just learning all this stuff about Harry's dad and his friends growing up. And all these, like, revelations of everything that happened. But I feel like there are things that don't really get communicated well. Because they're kind of just rushing through to get to, like, fit everything in. I do think, uh, like, this... Be having beefs with this one and the the people that have beefs with the fourth one is largely be like issues with how it's adapted. Got it. Like I think if you didn't know any of the books going into it, in large part you'd really like these movies, mm-hmm. especially the fourth one.
0: Is that a subtweet at me?
1: <laughs> I don't even know if it's communicated in the movie, but did you know, Courtney, that the marauders who wrote the map are James, Sirius, Peter Pettigrew, and Lupin. No, no. They were the marauders who created the map. That's where Wormtail even comes from because he was a rat. Um, So there's like big stylistic changes. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, yeah. Like um, the grounds were very different. The Whomping Willow was in a different spot. Did you notice that Professor Flitwick looks entirely different from Mm -hmm. the first two movies? Yeah. They also, is was the last time that John Williams scored a Harry Potter movie, was the third one. Whoa. They'll continue to, especially, incorporate like Hedwig's theme. Right. It's like the you main kind of theme. Hear it. Yeah. Because we never really talked about that one at all in the last one about like how important that theme is to like the magic of those movies. Uh-huh. Right. You hear that and in you instantly know. And you're like, oh, I'm a kid uh-huh. again. Yeah. Uh, Quaron asked the trio, the big three, as I like to call them. <laughs> yeah. To write essays about their characters. Emma Watson's was ten pages long. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe's was two pages long, and Rupert Grint didn't turn his in. <laughs> yeah, you know, he told all the kids to dress in their uniforms like their parents weren't around. Because that's actually something I really like is they're very like buttoned up and neat in their like clothes yeah. in the first two. Oh, yeah. And they're much looser, which I think is what you would do the more you would grow up, you'd be like, I'm yeah. not. This is like my way to rebel. Yeah. I never I never had a school uniform, so oh. I don't really know what that's like. I never had a Thai school uniform. But you had a school uniform? I had a school
2: uniform. What is that? What Where is that you come cool over? I... <laughs> My child's medium polo. <laughs> uh, in elementary school, we had uniforms. That's wow. Really cute. Um, they You could wear red, white, or blue polos, um, or blue or khaki pants, um, or Blue or khaki shorts, I guess. Um, And then you could also wear like a school shirt on Fridays. My
1: dress code was a free for all (laughs) when I was a kid. Um, The night bus, how they filmed the effect of it going so fast. They would film the night bus going 30 miles an hour and all the other cars going eight miles an hour. And then they just sped it up.
2: Movie science.
0: First of all, I just noticed my first set of notes is called He Who Must Not Be Named. (laughs) Second set of notes, He Who Must Not Be Named 2. Third set of notes, (laughs) The the... Boy Who Lives. Oh. Okay. set of notes, The Boy Who Lived 4, so it's like, <laughs> the numbers are just, like, very off. <laughs>
1: it's like the Rambo titles. The war won't stop with First Blood Part 2. It will escalate to Rambo 3, which should really be called Rambo 2, First Blood Part 3, but the Rambo titles never made sense, and neither does war. Abed Nadir,
2: Facebook status update. Leonard likes this post. Uh,
0: the Night Bus great opportunity for a ride at harry potter world oh that would be
1: fun it's really? kind of weird they don't have that right let do that yeah I,
0: know. I remember seeing ron do the lion part for the first time <laughs> thinking that he was
2: so hot was whoa like,
0: you, know, like, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> you know what
1: i mean sure
2: i just remember <laughs> feeling so embarrassed <laughs> i
1: just remember folding my arms thing. this wasn't in the book <laughs> All was our experiences. Not? <laughs> no, not really. Shows them you know palling around. They're just kids in a boarding school. Those they're just kids. playing around.
0: This is not just is Buckbeak is the best, and I would love Ratty.
1: <laughs> Buckbeak kind of scares me. I think it's like the sharp eyes. Yeah, and, and the, the sharp nose. nose. Oh yeah, that's the terrifying. Yeah, 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 the beak. Just the, the r-
0: beak. Yes, I forgot the word. The for beak. It. I like that they're all in the same class at the same time together. Every single time, <laughs> they don't have classes apart from each other. Is that just because they're all like Gryffindor? They would be. They or would be. Like yeah. First years or whatever.
1: Yeah, I can't remember if the book, if it's like everyone the same year, regardless of house, is in the same class. Because I know they're with they're with Slytherin a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think oh, it. Yeah. I think it's like all the. I want to say it almost rotates
2: too. Like this class is with Hufflepuff. Yeah, I think you're right.
0: Okay, so you guys just made that up. Um.
1: But pretty fast.
0: Okay. <laughs> is it Bogart or Bogart?
1: Bogart, Humphrey Bogart, Humphrey Bogart, Got it. Bogart.
0: Um, when you're doing your like, what you're most afraid of, every single person in that room can see. But for sure, everyone's would be Voldemort, right?
1: Well, not necessarily, because people don't really know what he looked like if you're a kid.
0: Oh, so you can't like You've imagine? just heard him. of
1: him. Yeah, did you notice one of the girls has a snake? And she turns it into, like, a oh, yeah. big, swingy clown that's yeah. almost as scary as the snake was. It is was. for sure scarier, <laughs> yeah. maybe. Okay, well, I actually kind of wanted to ask, what would the bog art be for you guys? Was also you can lie if you are embarrassed, because we won't really know, but...
0: Uh, mine would honestly probably be, like, a lot of birds. <laughs> Just coming
1: at me? Wow. That's going to happen every day at Hogwarts for you.
2: Honestly, the spiders give me such chills. Like just a giant, even a spider like the size of a dog would be terrifying. And then when they're like, now think of something funny. I can't. (laughs) I'm frozen in fear in that that moment.
1: (laughs) Yeah, what would you do with the birds to make it fun? Make it light?
0: Turn them into uh, chattering teeth.
1: That's also, that's also upsetting. I don't
0: know. That's the first funny thing that came
2: to my mind. What would you do? Um, well, in the movie, she puts them on roller skates, and that's kind of funny. That's I mean, fun. they're still scary. Yeah, and
1: it's still just a huge spider on roller skates. I, like, this I wanted to move faster in to a way. turn into something maybe
2: like a weird beach ball. What would you see? A velociraptor. Oh, yes. Oh, I knew that. Of course. Uh, I remembered for a while one of my passwords was hippogriff. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, How do you spell that? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Corny. Trying to hack my bank account. <laughs> um, I also remember it as a kid reading it. The whole like permission slip thing drove me crazy. Like my my justice and like logical brain couldn't fathom like a teacher just making an exception in that moment for Harry to go to Hogsmeade.
1: You know why it's ridiculous? They're, they try, they try to treat it as like, look, we would let you go, but something happens to you. We don't want to get sued. Right. First off, who's going to sue them? No one from Harry's family cares. Also, liabilities all over the castle every day of the students' lives. <laughs> but suddenly, like, well, we can't leave you on this field trip without a permission slip.
0: Where we're going to this Christmas village to eat candy. But also,
1: don't wander off into that forest. You might die there. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. It, I feel
2: like I'm starting to keep a list of things adults do in this movie that don't make sense, and that's a lot one of it, of them. Which is a yeah. lot of things,
1: yeah. Uh, the other thing, too, is like so it's in the book where Harry goes to Hogsmeade wearing the, the cloak and he kind of like wanders in on a conversation that reveals the whole thing about Sirius Black, right? Let me minister. Sorry about that. Close
3: my dear. I hope business is good. It'll be a lot better if the ministry wasn't sending the mentors into my pub every other night We have we have a killer on the
1: roof serious black in honks me and what would bring him here Harry
3: Potter Harry Potter
1: but I was like looking at that gossip group that's a weird a weird collection of people you have Hagrid the groundskeeper uh-huh. yep you have the barkeep you have Professor McGonagall and then you have the minister of magic. Uh-huh. It's like the, it's like the president and then the janitor at your school. And then like a bartender, they're just all hanging out. They're like, Oh, well, but you know about serious black. They're like, let's go gang. Like they've done this before. Like this crew, this group of four have like talked shit in the past. Cause they're like, all right, come okay, upstairs come up, to our place where we, you know what I mean? But- I also don't know if it's like, I just having a godparents is not a big thing in our culture. I feel like in Utah. But, like, when she drops the line, like, well, and then here's, like, the rub of it.
3: Yes. Sirius Black may not have put his hands to the Potters, but he's the reason they're dead. And now he wants to finish what he started. I don't believe it. Oh, that's not the worst of it. You know, what could be worse? Yes. Sirius Black was and remains to this day Harry Potter's godfather.
1: <sighs> and that, that's, like, the revelation that shakes Harry. Mm-hmm. And I, I would just be like, oh, well, I, I think, like, him being the reason my parents died is, like, a bigger one. someone weigh in on that? Yeah, anyone from, from, Any uh...
0: godfathers out there? Back godfathers.
1: <laughs> that was good. Do another one.
3: Not me, not miney, you. I'm making a fake deal
1: But it is the weirdest choice to, like, have him fly off and just, like, freeze frame with his screaming face.
2: It's, it's very... It's
1: very weird.
2: Yeah, just and it's like a callback to an older time,
1: I, I guess so like. I don't know what it's doing. The weirdest way to end a movie. This movie released summer, June 4th, 2004. It made 700, $796 million, 90% Rotten Tomatoes. I would say for the most part, all of them have made in the range of like 800000000 million, 1 billion. They're all well-reviewed, so maybe I don't need to keep saying how well they do. Because all of them are like successful, right? right? Yeah. I want to know, favorite part of Prisoner of Azkaban.
0: I think my favorite part of the movie is when they start to go back in time. Like when they go to Hagrid's house and all the stuff starts happening. You're kind of like, sorry, let me rephrase. Let me re-say that. Wait. No, I'm going to stay I'm going to stay with that. <laughs> it's really exciting when they like they do everything for the second time, but you like already know what's happening, and then they get to the really juicy stuff, which is like they go into the shrieking shack, right? And, like, all that stuff happens. That's my favorite
1: part. Coming upon that in the book, finally realizing, because throughout the whole book, Hermione's just constantly, like, showing up, going away. And they're like, what is her deal? Where is she? And then all of a sudden, she's just there again. And they kind of have set it up a little bit in the movie. But finally revealing that she's been like traveling in time the whole year to get to all of her classes, and it's something you you haven't read about yet.
2: Like yes, I uh, like didn't know new that new time travel was yeah. like.
1: In fact, it's kind of sticky that they introduced time travel as a plot device.
2: This was a certain kind of time travel. I it remember was. You saying that's this
1: right.
0: The immutable,
1: right? Yes. Immutable so, time travel. I actually had a question about this though because Ryan. So I have three. Okay. This is the third one in my lineup. There's not a reason why they're numbered. It's just one of them. Okay. I don't know why I said the third one. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I like an order. It's the immutable timeline which means everything is constant. So if I go back in time, that always happened. Much like how, you know, she like throws the rock. Yeah. Like that happened. It already happened. Yes. It ne- there's just one timeline, everything stays the same. It's honestly the hardest one to wrap your brain around because that means if you went back in time, you couldn't actually change something because whatever you did already happened. Right. But they almost introduce an element that you could Cause she says something, she's like, "Harry, you can't interact with yourself, or like you'll ruin something." Yeah. But it's like, well, he would have already known that he'd had. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but I think it's it is a very interesting form of time travel. It's one of it's I it's one that impresses me the most because it's the it's the hardest one to maintain the logic of, and I feel like they do a really good job in both book and movie, yeah, of making it all line up in the way where it's it's very like satisfying when they go back in time mm-hmm. and you're like oh that's what was going on that she threw the rock they're doing this mm-hmm. that's what's setting up these things and it's very back to the future too where they're like watching the events from like a different angle they're like over in the corner watching what they did earlier in that night right you know that's kind of fun what are the other two if you don't mind there's one where you go back in time and you yeah. change something and it immediately changes oh. so it's like
0: back to the future uh-huh. yes
1: where he like starts messing with stuff and the things like in actively the, in the picture changing. he's yeah. like noticing yeah there's like a variation on that where you go back in time, and once at a certain point it locks it. That's assuming there's one timeline on that.
0: Uh-huh. So, Television is just pointing around the room.
1: <laughs> Listen, timelines are very important right now in culture. So that one, you're going back in time and like starting it over, starting okay, it over, yeah, and rewriting it. Each and then time. there's like multiple like about time as well. Bingo. There's multiple timelines, meaning. I go back in time, change something, I've made another branch, which is kind of Avengers Endgame. Yeah. To be honest, they kind of break their own rules. Mm-hmm. But the idea of branching in multiverses, that's like the first one. It's like Loki. Yes, yeah. yes.
2: Yeah, okay, thank you.
1: I don't know, I'm not aware of any other versions. So if anyone else is that's listening to this, they thought of one that's like different than what I've described. I would love to know because I, I would love to one. know. Yeah. What if. oh what do you got what do you got she's man she's got a smile on something good's coming and i know that you like are big on time travel and think it's gonna happen so what do you got for us?
0: what if this was the moment where we were like ryan we have (laughs) have time traveled and then we do it with you tonight and then
2: show me (laughs) they're like now come downstairs i go it's us watching the
1: movie (laughs) Oh. Uh, if I could time travel, I would probably just spend the whole... I would just spend it all watching more movies, honestly. That's very on brand. Yeah. Sleeping more.
0: I would just go watch my grandparents. Do you know what I mean?
1: Oh, I see. Spend,
0: like, like more time... Well,
1: You're jumping see. around. You're, like, moving around.
0: Totally. I And I, I feel like that would need to be an immutable timeline. Well,
1: that's what I'm saying.
0: I would not want to you, change anything.
1: You'd have to, like, test out going back in time five minutes just, just to get a vibe of, like, what what time... What is the reality of time what can travel? I react
0: like what can I interact with and what can I not?
1: I would say the most realistic if time travel does exist, which Courtney thinks it absolutely does I know it I'm does. not sure I would think the most realistic of the three is probably branches like a multiverse right but that's the most It's most likely logical. that if you went back in time somehow you would just well you basically wouldn't know if it was one or two you wouldn't know if you were rewriting your one timeline or starting a different timeline.
2: Time lines time. Have you ever seen the movie predestination?
1: Yes. That's a time title movie that hurt my brain. That is immutable timeline. And it has one of the best time paradoxes that like has just truly boiled and scrambled my brain. I watched it on your recommendation, Ryan. Well, we were both recommended it from a (laughs) TikTok. TikTok, (laughs) And then you were like, I did watch it and you should watch it. And so I did. And it was one of those movies where I started it and was like five minutes in kind of like doing other stuff and was like okay oh, i no. actually really need to like really pay attention yeah and it was very rewarding and also wow i like still when i think about it i'm like wait a second but like you almost think that you have a grasp on it you're like well what if you like could you is this how it started
2: and then you realize you no, don't know? Well, No, well no no that
1: can't be it it's crazy i don't want to spoil anything yeah. but go watch it if if this is any interest to you okay yeah so that, that is your favorite is that your favorite section of the movie yeah what's your least favorite um, what's, what, what's the section that loses you?
0: The part that lost me was when Harry goes into the woods and I know that's like a big part when he goes into the woods and he sees who, who he thinks is his dad, but it's, oh it's yeah. his stag. That part really loses me.
1: Weird. Isn't that a part of what you just described as your favorite scene? Yeah,
0: but it's, that's fair. But it's <laughs> it, that part. I just kind of crash.
2: I almost always can do without the beginnings. Um, like, let's just get to Hogwarts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, So that's kind of where I I lose. And, like, the night bus is fun, but, like, why why do we need to spend so much time there? I don't think I have a favorite, like, sequence, but one of my favorite parts is in Hogsmeade when Harry just starts launching snowballs at Malfoy and they don't know. He doesn't know what it's coming from. He, he, like, thinks it's an actual (laughs) ghost.
1: (laughs) Malfoy in these early ones is so dumb. Yeah, he's a lot of like like very generic bully. You don't tell anyone about this to his cronies. <laughs>
0: Let's go, Malfoy. Let's get out of here. He's always like hiding or like in a
2: tree for some reason.
1: <laughs> when he like leaps out of that tree in the fourth one, just Cheshire
2: catting up there.
1: <laughs> he's just hanging there. He's like, well, Potter will come around at some point today. and When he does, I have a really good zinger for him.
2: <laughs> well, and he just seems so ill, Ill- con- inconsequential
1: to everything that's happening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. He doesn't matter. I also probably where I get lost is like the night bus shenanigans. What are we doing? What, like this is already it's a long movie we're trying to adapt a lot of material here we're really just like in a like little old lady 12 o'clock like that i'm <laughs> like what like what is this and i know they're trying to just make it like goofy and like light something i like about these movies is they're getting more emotionally complex and there's more depth and like more good emotional moments and this is also a credit to like the performances are getting better i'm more invested in like what's going on with in like harry's life so like the two scenes in particular like are the one where Lupin and he are walking on the bridge yeah. mm-hmm. and he like, tells him more about his mom because that's something else that's like, deeply sad about his life is that he just has no relationship with his parents. Before I fainted, I heard something. A woman. Screaming.
3: Our dementors force us to relive our very worst memories. Our pain becomes their power. I think it was my mother the night she was murdered. You know, the very first time I saw you, Harry, I recognized you immediately. Not by your scar, by your eyes. They're your mother, Lily's. Yes. Oh, yes, I knew her. Your mother was there for me at a time when no one else was. Not only was she a singularly gifted witch, she was also an uncommonly kind woman way of seeing the beauty in others, even and perhaps most especially, and that person could not see it in themselves. And your father, James, on the other hand, he, uh, <laughs> he had a certain, shall we say, talent for trouble. A talent, rumor has it, he passed on to you. You're more like them than you know, Harry. In time, you'll come to see just how much.
1: On the flip side, as much as I kind of just kind of shit a little bit on Gary Oldman, I do think he really nails it when they're leaving and he's like, hey, like, if you wanted, you could could come live with me.
2: Yes.
3: I don't know if you know, Harry, but when you were born, James and Lily made me your godfather. I know understand if you choose to stay with your aunt and uncle but if you ever wanted a different home come and live with you well that's just a thought i can understand if you don't want to Harry,
1: it's so sad it's yeah. so sad because he just gets like a glimmer of like a happy life away from the dursleys and with like someone who's family to him and then it's just ripped away from him the only way that is truly sad is if you believe that moment where you're like i would go live with that guy I want to go with you. One day, perhaps. For some time, my life will be too unpredictable. And besides,
3: you're meant to be here. But you're innocent. And you know it. And for now, that'll do. Don't me. I expect you're tired of hearing this. But you look so like your father. Except your eyes. Yeah, have My you. mother's eyes. <laughs> it's cruel that I got to spend so much time with James and Lily and you so little. But know this. The ones that love us never really leave us.
1: And you can always find... Them in here. It's so tragic. It's so manipulative, almost. You know what I mean? I love it. And they did, I think that did a really good job with that scene. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. Favorite least favorite characters? Yep. Sorry. My least favorite character is probably Malfoy. I'm just kind of like, b- his b- little, b- his b- little, b- oh, okay, My fault. But my favorite character from the third one is probably Lupin. I think he does a really good job. You just, like you said, you really feel for him, and he's just a likable guy.
0: My least favorite, Wormtail. Oh, yeah. Peter Pettigrew, piece of shit. Hate him.
1: Sucks. to be clear I don't like him <laughs> no. I meant more like who well, who bores me on screen yeah, that's okay fine. Yeah. But
0: I, went, I took this assignment a different way
1: look it's just it's been talked about to death from so many other people but it's weird that he was Ron's rat for a decade yeah, yeah. he's a grown man hanging out with a kid. He's with the kid. He lives with him. He like, lives in his pocket. Well, and he lived with, uh, <laughs> with his like, brother. Yeah, before.
2: That
0: guy is sick.
1: Oh, can I tell you one other thing that you probably didn't really get connected? You know how they went on a, as a family trip, the Weasleys did, to Egypt, the beginning of the yeah. movie? Yeah. That's actually a big plot point. They win a prize to do it, so it's all over in the newspaper. And that newspaper is what Sirius Black sees in prison. And he sees Scabbers and sees the missing oh. finger. And that's when he's like, Peter Pettigrew is alive. And that's why he breaks out of Azkaban. And that, that's what starts the whole thing in motion.
0: Oh, oh, oh. They
1: never really connect those dots because they have a lot of things to do in the movie. But I always like, it's amazing writing. She just has str- sprinkles, uh, littlest details that all add up. And they all just link up perfectly. It's it's amazing. Anyway.
2: And she did it on a napkin in a cafe, <laughs> Jason. <laughs> that's
1: right. No one believed in her. My favorite
0: character, Sears Black. The best. Coolest guy in the, the castle.
1: Because he has tattoos. Wicked, awesome. twisted, <laughs> extreme, extreme. <laughs> sorry,
3: I've walked in on something,
1: <laughs> we, um. do that. Like, we, like, just,
0: we always Like start on something that's kind of just like rock and roll, rock
1: and roll, rock and roll. Let's, let's get ready to roll, it
0: always ends in extreme, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we do that all the time.
1: It's because we lived through the 90s. That's what every commercial was like. Extreme Nerf
0: guns. Extreme (laughs) Airheads.
1: Tang, it's a kick in the glass. (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry, Ryan. It's fine. <laughs> it's you just fine.
0: wanted on a little family secret. <laughs>
1: also, Your also, extremism. Also, Ryan, I feel like the energy you're feeling right now is when, like, you have to go around in a circle and, like, say something interesting, but the person right in front of you, they're like, everyone's riffing on him, and you're like, dude, when do I, you're just kind of, uh-huh. like, rocking back and forth. When, when do I, when do I finally have to say my thing? Because I, like, I'm waiting, I have it ready, and, like, I just want to get it done. <laughs> yes. Having to
2: say your name, uh, and there's a joke right before you,
0: and then it goes completely silent, and you're just like, you're like, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <It's true.
1: laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Ryan. Your it's turn. Ryan,
2: you just really tapped into
1: extreme. <laughs> yeah. Uh.
2: Uh, I'm going to go least favorite, Malfoy's cronies.
1: Okay, yeah. Good. Hey. They're barely
2: even humans at this point. They're just kind of like laughs. They yeah. they don't speak. You had some great favorites. I'm going to go with uh, Hermione in this one. She's good. Because she really just comes in clutch. Always, but especially at the end of this
1: one. Should we move on to Goblet of Fire? Yeah, Goblet should. of in Fire. In the sake of time, I will spare Courtney the pain of recapping the movie. Thank you. Alfonso Cuaron was rapping on Azkaban. They were like, do you want to come back and film the fourth one? But he's like, I want to focus more on finishing up Prisoner of Azkaban. Uh-huh. So they hired Mike Newell, who I don't think you really have known what he's done except for maybe four weddings and a funeral. I love that movie. Loves did the screenplay again. He said this was a really hard one because they intended to have it be split into two movies oh. from the get-go. But they couldn't figure out where to split it. Which I think is ridiculous because I would just split it. I would cut it right after the first task was over. Yeah, because you have a victorious moment. He rekindles his friendship with Ron. That's what I would do. What? Why? Love. I'm not. I'm not a Hollywood screenwriter bigwig.
0: That being said, I don't want two movies of that. Personally,
1: well, you might if there's there's a lot they cut. It might feel like it's a lot of fluff, but there's they beef up a lot of other things too. Okay, they said that they had to basically cut out any storyline that didn't directly impact. Harry's main story. There's a whole thing with Barty Crouch and his son. And Karkarov, there's like a whole mystery of like, did Karkaroff do stuff that they sort of pay lip service to? There's Is a that... whole... That's like the Durmstrang guy, boss, head honcho. He's like the guy in the beaver cap. Oh! Crumb's oh. boss. He's kind of thug yeah. looking. Crumb's boss. <laughs> He's the guy that looks like Rasputin. <laughs>
0: yeah, okay, got it. Yep.
1: There's a whole subplot with Dobby and other house elves. Hermione starts like a pro house elf liberation group. Anyway, I think there's actually a lot you could have done especially because I feel like there's certain scenes that I really want to sit in a bit longer They could have had breathe. I feel like the reason that most people hate this movie is one, it rushes through a lot because you're compressing twice as much story as the last three movies into the same length. Yeah. Yeah. And you feel it. They go right to the Wizarding World Cup. Yeah. That's like how the movie starts. They miss yeah. a there's a whole thing at the Dursleys, which is fine. These all they all make sense. I feel like it's actually for what it's doing, it's actually pretty successful. They're just In like they're
0: they're like, we need to go here because we need to explain who Victor Crumb is, and then we need to leave because of the dark Yeah. people, the Death Eaters.
1: And we're gonna cut right from that onto the train now, cut right yeah. from this mm. onto this, and cut right from that onto that. So there's a lot of like moving around, but I'm kind of a defender of this movie because I think Mike Newell. One, I think the cinematography, is it looks great. It's toned down the showiness of number three, I feel like. But it still feels like this is a very well-realized movie. He's cracked something with the tone that weirdly reminded me of when we watched Avengers Endgame. Sad act one, funny act two, epic act three. There's a nice breather for like 30 minutes in the middle where it's all the Yule Ball shenanigans. It is truly great. Really strong teen romance, coming-of-age stuff. I don't know. Nothing feels forced. No. The performances take a real step up in this one. They really tap into that energy of like being thrust into dating basically. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I feel like uh, Ron's really tapping into something
1: in this one. He's funny.
0: He's cranky. Oh, well,
1: yeah. <laughs> he's ornery. Some of the strongest elements in Harry Potter is when, he, when everyone hates him basically. That's a really like trying thing for him in the stories at least is like he's lost his best friend and he's like feeling very much alone with no support system
0: yeah this movie is just like an introvert's nightmare because every time he like he like he gets called out in the dark arts class where he where the teacher's like
3: the killing curse only one person is known to have survived it and he's sitting in this room
0: He's and like, everyone's just looking at him. <laughs> and then the next part where he, get, he Dumbledore pulls his name out of the Goblet of Fire and everyone's just like, what in the hell?
1: And he just like he sits to, down. Like, he like shrinks he has, down.
0: And he has to walk up there and like confront Dumbledore. And it's just like, man, this I know. would
1: suck. I think the kids are really good in this one. We could take a detour one person who I don't think gives a good performance. And it's funny you said that he has to confront Dumbledore. Because it almost assumes that Michael Gammon gives a very aggressive performance in this movie.
3: (laughs) Harry
2: Potter!
1: What the hell is he doing? (laughs) Well, it's just very obvious he didn't read the books because he's not
2: playing Dumbledore like Dumbledore should be played. But, like,
0: did he watch the first two movies?
1: As far as Um, I found in my research, he, like... He did not try to emulate Richard Harris. He was like, I found something in myself that felt true to like what I thought his character was. No. He didn't didn't really reference the books.
2: Bullshit. And like, where is J.K. Rowling in this one like
1: giving any direction? I have no idea. Here's what I, here's what I think happened. I think they were like, look, we don't want Dumbledore to seem like completely like untouchable, omnipotent, like maybe not like a real person. So let's introduce a little bit of like character, maybe doubt to his performance. But you can do that was still making, he, there is zero warmth, zero comfort, zero kindness to him. You can see moments where he is, like at the end when he talks to Harry in his room. Even though I think he's kind of miscast, I don't think he's got like the right voice or like, he's got kind of like a meaner face. He does. There is a moment where he's like,
3: Dark and difficult times lie ahead. Soon we must all face the choice between what is right and what is easy. Remember this. You have friends
1: here. You're not alone. I could see there's a a performance in here where it's better. Yeah. But he spends it either so pissed off. Um, I was listening to another podcast that described him as when he yells at the students, like silence and stuff. Yeah. They described it as with venom.
0: Silence!
1: And that's not the energy. No. He's either angry or just confounded, like unsure in a way where you're like, all right, well. To be
0: fair, he's got a lot on his plate.
1: But you can show that as being like, wow, I'm really overwhelmed. Because in the book, when the name comes out of the f- cup of the Fire, he reads it calmly and says, Harry Potter, as if he's like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, this is bad. The line that always people really latch on is to when he like runs and basically puts him in like a chokehold. He's like, yes.
3: Harry. I protest.
1: Harry, you put your name in the cup of the Fire?
3: No, sir. You asked one of the older students to do it for you? No, sir. You're absolutely sure? Yes, yes sir. <laughs>
1: That line, as written in the book, is Dumbledore asked calmly.
0: How would you do it?
1: I would have staged it. Like, they're all running at him in the movie. Mm -hmm. I would have had everyone else run at him and be yelling around him. And then Dumbledore is the voice of calm. Everyone, like, defers to him. And he calmly says, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Uh Ah. Even when he is doubt or overwhelmed, there is a comforting presence or should be about him.
0: Like your dad
1: would. Yes. And I I do think he, he does get better, especially in the sixth one where you really need him to. Yeah. But it's a rough walk to get there. And this is, like, the worst. <laughs> even when he's given the eulogy. Cedric Diggory was murdered by Lord Voldemort. Yeah. I like it's bizarre. And that's a good point. I didn't even think about that, like... Surely J.K. Rowling was like, uh, what are you doing? Yeah, it's, it's upsetting to say <laughs> <Yeah>. the least. <laughs>
0: okay. Would you say he has more Gandalf energy?
1: Maybe. Oh, but I feel like Gandalf's even warmer. Gandalf's warmer, warmer yeah. yeah. I true. would also have been pissed if anyone played Gandalf that way. Mm. He has like Saruman energy, frankly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, he might know what he's doing, but you're like, I wouldn't trust that guy yeah. with my problems. Because he's like, are you going to yell at me first?
0: I think that's why he probably like we were talking about, McGonagall does feel so warm. Because she's the one that you would go to for help.
2: And all she has to do is, like, smile.
1: Okay, I have a question, actually. Crumb, Fleur Delacour, Cedric Diggory, all these people are described as, like, achingly sexy. Do we think that? I was thinking about this a lot, actually, during this movie. No one's really that hot. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, Fleur's supposed to have, like, she's supposed to be part veal. It's like a... Lamb? No. Yeah. (laughs) Like a a fairy, almost. She's supposed to have, like, an allure on men. Okay. Basically, she's supposed to be very, very beautiful. Okay. Not that the actress isn't. In no. fact, I know I thought about this. She is the actress from Tenet who explains oh the way the bullets mm-hmm. work. Oh, my gosh. I
0: yeah. actually noticed that. And
1: Bobby Pattinson's in it. Yeah. Whoa. And Pattinson is one who I did not think was attractive when I was growing up. And now, like, I've reassessed him. And I'm like, no, okay. I, I, I did think it. he was
0: very attractive I, when I was younger.
1: But now I've, I've reassessed him, I think. I'm like, no, he is a very good-looking charismatic person Mm. I can see it now and I think he does a really good job as like the hot cool guy who's also like a good guy which is hard to pull off it's hard to be likable when you're set up as like an obstacle for the main character and he does it really well he walks the line he does it
0: Victor Crumb is a no thank you for me
1: I didn't I shouldn't know if I was young and like well maybe is it This is like the best like England
0: stuff. No, certainly not.
2: I was just thinking about like the like all the teenage shows on Netflix, like Outer Banks or Smallville, (laughs) even Smallville. We're just like we have these high school shows where they are beautiful yes they are perfect looking where
1: is this small town in middle america <laughs> where there's like 50 super hot yeah like riverdale that yeah,
0: 45 john b
2: are there hot people in england really is the question were
1: there yes, in 2004
0: of
2: course there are
1: there there some of them are in the movie <laughs> but I'm, I'm just like it's amazing because you know they're looking at probably hundreds of yeah. people for these roles, it's boggling a little.
2: I also kind of wondered if uh, everyone who c- like casted Daniel Radcliffe thought this is a cute kid; he's going to turn into a cute adult. Those are
1: man, that that's what a dice, what a dice to roll. Yeah. And then, I, I think they all turned out good, right? But
0: Daniel Radcliffe is is the, the, the <laughs> if I may, <laughs> the least attractive of them all. Obviously, sure. Emma Watson is yes. incredibly beautiful. Yeah. yeah, that came out. Of, Rupert yeah. Grint is very handsome.
1: Even like Tom Felton and uh, yes. the kid who plays Neville. Yeah, Neville. Yeah, really Neville. Cool.
0: What, what <laughs> Neville was what number one. Yeah.
1: But here's, here's what I kind of, the other thing is, you know, you're not sure how they're going to like the height thing, right? Right. So like Daniel Radcliffe is fairly short, uh-huh. but I actually think it plays very well. I think it plays, it plays to his character that he is not like six foot three, perfect, super hot. It makes him more like average because throughout, throughout this story, you're just like, this poor kid does not deserve to be in this he's mm-hmm. just a nice kid, and I think that adds to it. Oh the other thing I just want to tell you that uh, they filmed the second task in a huge underwater tank Daniel, Oh yeah, I knew that Daniel Radcliffe spent six months uh, doing scuba training. that's so crazy and for the three weeks that they filmed that sequence, he spent more than forty hours underwater. oh my gosh. Ugh. You, Courtney, had to do some work during that time, and you could not stop watching that whole. I <laughs> thought <That,
0: laughs> it's genuinely so scary with the mermaids. Oh yeah, I remember being terrified of like the bodies chained down there. It's so creepy. That I whole know. part is so scary. So the question I was going to ask you was like about wizards and electricity, because I have genuinely never noticed that there are no lights; they're all like candles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wondered if we could expand.
1: Mm. It's just something about the the way that the magic works in the in the, like the air.
0: Oh, that's like a fun little like thing I've just never noticed. I like the idea of like all wizards can put aside their differences for sport. Like <laughs> we're all here to have a good time at the Wizarding World Cup. They're all climbing the stairs, and then Lucius and Draco like come in, and it's like, oh yeah, of course. Of course we also like sports like it just was funny to me dumbledore once again putting his students in danger as always that's what he does uh the name bartimus also also like what is his deal
2: this is also one of my notes something's happening with his voice the entire movie
0: it's just unhinged um why is there always a new defense against the dark arts teacher
1: there is a reason do should i tell you now yeah i don't know if it's actually revealed in the movies but should i tell you yeah in the sixth one they go they do spend a lot of time with like flashbacks learning more about tom riddle's past it's amazing but in one of them he comes back after spending so much time on like like out and about in the world and he's already started started to deteriorate like, he looks kind of snake-like. And he comes back for the position for the Defense Against the Dark teacher. And Dumbledore's like, I'm not hiring you to be around these kids or in this school. Ever since that day, they have not been able to keep a teacher in that post longer than a year.
0: Oh, interesting. Um, the different schools, I never remember, like, that. They're, that Hogwarts is not the only one are they different schools for different countries yes yes oh why did they let the Goblet of fire like be the boss like why why can't they be like harry potter is not going <laughs> to enough. be oh no. they're just like well
1: another adult what are the consequences
0: right yes like
1: another podcast listening to about this was like okay so say like yeah there's some legally magically binding thing that you have to participate in the tournament but nothing is requiring harry to like actually participate right he can go on the field and be like i forfeit <laughs> yeah. the weekly planet where it's talking about this this movie and they said uh the triwizard tournament is the equivalent of dropping school children into a prison riot <laughs> ah. <laughs> That's true. This might be the most dangerous thing that the people in charge of the school- Allow. Like knowingly do in the whole series, right?
2: Well, and then the dragon just gets loose from his chain no one moves. (laughs) No one lifts a finger to help Harry. The dragon almost takes out the stands. They're like, huh. McGonagall just straightens her hat.
1: It's like bur- it's like ruins a bridge on the school grounds. And they're just sitting there like a mile away being like, I don't know if they're going to come back. They, so. How long would they have stayed there if Harry hadn't come back? If if Harry had died and the dragon just flown off, how long would they have stayed there before someone was like, okay, it's been three hours. Should we go like find what's, what
0: happened? That's a good point. Dragon's just like ripping shingles off the castle. Yeah. Dude, why doesn't he fly around the corner? I know. I, I mean, for dramatic know. effect is uh, the answer, but he's just like whoa, 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 whoa,
3: whoa, whoa.
2: <laughs> not, not good at landing.
0: Rita Skeeter. Skeeter. Crap! That's the that's the Postle tongue thing. It is because Rita Skeeter doesn't rhyme.
1: No, but Rita, Rita Skeeter does. Skeeter does. does. You, you, Rita you are one hundred percent right. Yeah, she's a pervert. Uh,
0: the pins. We spent so much time just being like Harry sucks. Harry, you know, with the like pins on their things. Can everyone <laughs> calm down?
2: Um, I guess first Harry's hair. This entire movie. <laughs>
1: Basically, this is the one where I was like, "Everyone's hair looks great." Well, Ron's doesn't really
2: (laughs) bother me. The twins doesn't really bother me. Uh, Harry specifically—is
1: it because it's a little wavy and like kind of winged out? It's kind of like feathered. It's like a
2: yeah, like it's like helmet hair, like a grandmother kind of in her (laughs) sixties.
1: It's almost like there's too much on the top, not enough on the sides.
2: Filch in this movie
1: (laughs) doing the most. (laughs) He's getting a lot. He really—it's
2: like he—he was kind of creepy before, and then he's just like, "Huh, I'm going to be weird."
0: when the schools are coming into hogwarts and he's just like in the way yeah. like constantly
2: <laughs> another thought i had again just really going back to adults i think during this rewatch everyone's in the office talking to mad I moody is there staff like getting everyone else into the <laughs> castle and into bed or is everyone just like i guess well we'll go to bed now
0: we'll <laughs> <laughs> just figure it out oh That's what yeah the people in the house are boy like, is so funny up, back to common room <laughs> They take their job so seriously. They really
1: do. They're the, the, they're the lagoon staff of Hogwarts. <laughs> All right, here's the thing. They go to the World Cup. Their tent, we get it, it's tiny, It's but it's like Mary Poppins' bag on the inside. Yeah. Right. Why wouldn't you just do that with everything? Honestly, I know, have I've thought about that. a tiny house. Why yeah. wouldn't they just have that on their house? Why is their house
2: so crappy when this is an option?
1: This led me to think about, the other people have talked about this too. The Wizarding Economy is weird. The only jobs you really see are like teachers or government workers. (laughs) But why would there need to be an economy at all? We go to work to have money to buy like goods and services, right? Yeah. But if you can magically create those goods and services out of nothing, why do you have currency, jobs, structures in that sense? I need a couch. There's my couch. Even if there's like a finite like a bit of matter you can like transfigure something into, it's like, well, I'm done sitting on my couch, time to go to bed. Turn the couch into a bed.
0: Like, hey, you have a good point.
1: I just don't understand. Like if if you can use magic to create everything, why would you and maybe that's why people don't really have jobs. Yeah. Anyway, something I was thinking. About. You
0: need people to teach and you need people to keep wizards and witches in line.
1: Maybe that's maybe that's it.
0: Those are the two jobs.
1: Those are the two
2: jobs. Those are it. Or you drive the night bus. <laughs> that's,
0: <laughs> that's the true. third job. Or you're the trolley lady on the Hogwarts <laughs> Express. What does
1: she do the rest of the year? Probably nothing. She doesn't need to, because yeah. she can yeah. just make her own food out of yeah. magic. She needs candy. Oh, Courtney, this is a question for you. How long would you in in minutes? Okay. How long would you be able to hang out in what you called the owl's home?
0: <laughs> the owl's apartment, I think, is oh, what. Sorry, yeah. that's
1: a nice direct quote. Frankly, yeah.
0: I would never go in there. If I think there, that place is sick. If there's
1: something for you in there.
0: that's essentially the post office, right?
1: Yeah. If there was shit all over the walls. <laughs>
0: Am I correct in assuming that's, like, where everyone's owls live?
1: Yeah, that's where they kind of hang out.
0: Okay, got it.
1: Or, like, in their room. Like, sometimes Hedwig's just, like, in Harry's room. Got it. That's I would not lady. last
0: two minutes in that place. So this
1: came out fall of 2005. Summer 2005 was when Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, the book, came out. Right. It's very ambiguous after the end of the sixth book uh, if Snape is a good guy or a bad guy, and you're definitely like, well, oh, he's yeah, probably bad, Right. So I remember in this movie, like they have the whole bit where he's like hitting the heads and he's being like kind of comic relief. And you're just like, I don't know what to make of this guy. I'm not really enjoying these scenes with him because I don't know if this guy is going to end up the main villain murdered one of the heroes of the story. It was just weird. It's just a weird thing when like these are coming out concurrently. Anyway. Yeah, because you're really on
2: the edge. You don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, the part that I love most is from when they grab the port key in the maze throughout the entire graveyard sequence. Am I in agreement? Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. it, that's so engaging.
0: It's so scary. It's like a, on like a very dark level. What if that happened to you?
1: When I was like reading those earlier books, I just kept thinking that sort of how the story would go throughout all seven is that at the end of each book, he would either have a run-in with Voldemort or some Voldemort crony. He would just be continually thwarted in each book until he's finally defeated at the end of book seven. Right. So it was such a rug pull when at the end of this book, he's not just again thwarted like he is in Sorcerer's Stone. He completely returns to his full full glory. And it is an entire reorientation of the direction of where I thought the entire story at large was going. I just didn't expect it to go that dark.
0: I remember Cedric Diggory dying and like that part being a lot more like big. Honestly, it's just like, oh, kill that guy. And then they kill him and it's over.
3: Who are you? What do you want? Kill the spell. No. Ah! Yeah.
0: Like it's so callous. like
1: Unceremonious. It's yeah. It's just so, yeah. There's disrespect Very for casual. like human life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something so unnatural and upsetting about the way the spell is done, the ritual, how they take the blood from Harry and how there's a whole monologue in the book or there's an inner dialogue in the book where Harry is watching the spell happen and then they drop the little baby gross Voldemort in there that he just keeps thinking like, please let it drown please let it drown
3: Bone of the father unwillingly given flesh servant willingly Sacrificed, every the enemy forcibly taken. The Dark Lord shall rise
1: again. And then it comes out, and it like I love how the, like the goblet like forms around him and forms his clothes, it's like
0: larger than life.
1: He just looks. He looks great. He is bone chilling. The design of Voldemort is is fantastic. Um. It's a complete redesign from how he looked on the back of Quirrell's head in the first one, which is very smart because I feel like I feel like that design is a little generic. Um it doesn't look very scary. And he just looks he looks incredible. Yeah.
0: And he's big.
1: Yeah. He's like tall. And Ray finds physicality is it's so interesting. He has like this this very proper posture and this like broad
0: shoulders, it's large wingspan, light. chest out.
1: There's something just so very unnatural about yes. everything that he's doing. Um, so I mean like for all the flaws that this film has, it just really executes this entire sequence perfectly. There's something just very deeply disturbing about everything that's going on in this scene. Oh. Just a group of grown men psychologically and literally torturing this young boy. Yeah. yeah.
3: I'm going to kill you, Harry Potter. I'm going to destroy you. After tonight. No one will ever again question my power. After tonight, if they speak of you, they'll speak only of how you begged for death and I, being a merciful lord,
1: obliged. I, and credit to Daniel Radcliffe because he just looks so terrified in the whole scene and he really sells like when he finally runs around the grave, the actual grave itself and he's like hiding out there. And Harry just finally screws up the courage to be like, I am going to face my death. Like, you can feel it.
3: Don't you turn your back on me, Harry Potter! I want you to look at me when I kill you! I want to see the light leave your eyes!
0: Have it your way. So just so scary how he has the fight with the wands and then his parents appear and they're like
3: Harry, when the connection is broken, you must get to the portkey. We can linger for a moment to give you some time, but only a moment, do you understand? Harry, take my body
0: back, will you? Take my body back to my father.
3: Let go, sweetheart, you're ready. Let go, let go!
1: He he never wins by being really good at his job. The only reason he survives that is out of luck. The reason why their wand's connected is because they have, they share the phoenix hair from like the same phoenix in their wands. And that's why it creates the bubble around them. The reason you're seeing those people is because those were the people that Voldemort killed the most recently with that wand.
0: Oh, I was wondering why the groundskeeper shows up. That's
2: why. Um, and then just it ending so eerily with Harry coming back with a dead oh body. Gosh. Everyone's cheering. The like band
1: is playing. <laughs> something better about this medium than a book is because the weird contrast of the cheering and like trying to pull him away from the body he like won't let go of the body yeah Amos Diggory's reaction oh it's so awful
0: he's back he's back Voldemort's back Cedric
3: he asked me to bring his body back I couldn't leave him not that it's all right Harry it's all right He's home. <laughs> you both are Keep everybody in their seat. A boy's just been killed. The body must be moved down road. There are too no. many people. Let me through. Let me through! Let me through. That's my son! This is my boy! Is my boy! Oh, come on. Get up. Easy. Easy. No. This is not where you want to be right now.
1: Come on. No. No. It's all right.
3: I got you. I got you. Come on. Easy now.
1: It's like kind of incredible because there's something there's something very emotionally honest about it. It's so raw, scary, losing control. Well, and you know, there's been sad things in
2: every movie, but this is by far the saddest thing to happen in the story.
0: He comes back very different.
1: Were you shocked that Mad-Eye Moody was Barty Crouch Jr.? (laughs) (laughs) I actually
0: forgot that it was Barty Crouch's son. I didn't actually... Did you
1: know that he was someone though? Yes. I knew
0: that he was the guy in the beginning.
1: They had a really weird like the mouth tick, the Joker tick. Yeah. I think to clue into viewers like... See, they're both doing it. It's oh, him. Oh, That's like an invention of the movie. What were your least favorite parts? I guess probably the Yule Ball. I was
0: just going to say that.
1: <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. I genuinely, everything with the Yule Ball, I love.
0: It's fine, but it's definitely not the most engaging part of the whole movie. Wow.
1: I would say it's like maybe really? second or third for me. Wow.
2: I think by that point, I'm kind of done with Ron's bad attitude mm-hmm. about the whole thing. Yes. And just his kind of boring high school...
0: And Hermione also is just like the world is like sad for her and but it's also happy for her and I'm just and Harry's just like I got a bigger fish to fry like (laughs) he just doesn't have time for like the Yule ball. Wow. That's very interesting. And we spend so much time talking about Ron and his damn robes that his mom sent him. It's like get over it man or don't wear it. Your mom's not here.
1: That's a, wow! Ugh. I had no idea you guys were just in su- with such contempt yeah. during these sequences. It was fine. It was, it was fine. fine. Were you guys like I was laughing out loud? Were you guys looking at me like we're just oh, like shut up? I'm like this like, asshole this is really he's really performing right now.
2: <laughs> well, actually, first, did you have to learn square dancing when you were in elementary school? In high school. Oh.
0: I don't think I did. I learned it at track.
2: <laughs> track. I track. Learned to
0: track. Did you go track? <laughs> <laughs> hey, will You go track? Did you dress up like a pioneer? Did for you go four track? Days? no walk hundreds of miles i
1: did a you w- did one day trek holy shit i did that's crazy
0: it was i had a really good time
2: like when you're when that's you're a teenager though in the moment <laughs> it's like oh everyone does this
0: yeah it's then like you oh zoom this is out. Just something i do when i'm 14
1: <laughs> like what the hell
0: <laughs> we watched, like we cosplay pioneers <laughs> yes. it was so miserable not for
1: like an afternoon no for, like a weekend
0: and then it was like traumatic because it was like Here's this baby that has died that you have to carry. all,
2: right. all the men are headed to the Mormon battalion. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. You so must the carry the hole. handcart. And along Whoa. the way there are just like women and men in just like white clothes like You're along actually the like way. walking
1: a handcart across the distance. Oh yes. Where are you doing this?
0: We did it at Martin's Cove, <laughs> which we crossed the Sweetwater River. <laughs> <laughs> with a handcart. I did it in a like pioneer dress. It was insane, you guys. I, but I had such a good time. Like, that's what I can't. I came back just being like, I'll I'd do that again. Like, it was wild. How old are you? I was 14.
1: That's crazy. I know. I'm sorry. I detoured. No, I, I, I kind of detoured. <laughs> I square dancing. During the second task, mm. once the first task is over and the Yule ball, then I'm like, I think we're ready to kind of get into the finale. But I'm like, oh, we still got two more tasks. And I forget they really they really kind of run through them. Yeah. There's re- there's like maybe 10 minutes between two and three. Yeah. But like, I'm ready just to kind of get to the end by that point. So that's probably where I, I lose steam probably the most. Which is why I was shocked that you could not keep your eyes I off remember just <laughs> Locked in. I
0: remember there's just something so creepy about the underwater one.
1: Favorite and least favorite character.
0: I'm going to go with Ron in this one as least.
2: <laughs> I'm going to go with Dumbledore in this one. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I'm just not driving
1: with him. I would say Dumbledore, but for the sake of just shaking it up. I'm really bored with Karkarov. Oh, yeah. Is he
0: the Ministry of Magic guy?
1: <laughs> no, Karkarov is Crumbs' boss. Yeah. He's Resputin. Right right right, 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 right. I don't really care much for like the Durmstrang, a lot of like the side characters in this. Also, Moaning Myrtle is very annoying. Um. Okay, well, we didn't talk about favorite characters. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with Filch. He's That's just a good one. Killing it in this
2: movie. He is. He's running. He's setting off a cannon uh-huh. early. He's More run, than once. Whispering in Dumbledore's ear. Yeah, he's earning his pay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think McGonagall. She really was just kind of like a grandmotherly like.
1: She's presence. The, the level head. She was like she's
0: trying to keep Harry safe, and they're like, nah.
1: Uh, my favorite uh, toss up between. I really like Mad Eye. I think it's a really good performance mm-hmm. of that capturing like the energy of like man you are insane but mm. you've probably seen some crazy shit <laughs> um and voldemort man like oh, what, oh yeah what awesome. what an mvp he just comes in for like 10 minutes at the end but all you're walking out of that movie all you're thinking about is that entire sequence yeah. and how he's just he's amazing we're and, like, seeing voldemort yeah yeah we're flattening our noses i feel like we're in a good pretty good spot i feel like this is also like a turning point of the series where now we're just kind of like full steam into what i feel like our Four good to great movies.
0: Yeah, this is when they, we really ramp up. I don't remember what happens in five.
1: This really? beyond Ooh. what I've already told you. Except for like the really big yeah, like story points. Yeah, I also points.
0: can't remember if Snape dies or not. Interesting. Interesting. Eventually. Surprise. I'm leading, leaning towards he does.
1: Will we'll you we'll ke- see. Will you keep a note of the things that really are like, wow, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm... Uh- extremely excited. Hi, <laughs> Ryan, uh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Thank you again, Ryan, for joining us this far Thank into you. our uh, journey. Harry Potter. On the Hogwarts Express. No, uh, no, uh, no. um, okay, Courtney, if people want to reach us.
0: You can find us on Instagram at Wife Watches. You can find us on Twitter at Wife underscore watches. Note the underscore. You can send us an email. Tell us what you think about Harry Potter at movies at gmail. .com. Yeah, uh, you can text us. You can send us a voice note and uh, watch you later.
1: Watch you later. Bye.
0: And remember, I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Expecto patronum.